Hey, welcome to Monday's podcast. I'm uh, back at least for a while uh, out of the Middle East. We have an update on the Nazarene Fund and what all of our partners in the Middle East are doing. It's pretty incredible. Um, we have now officially gone dark because the mission has changed, but I'll explain that in today's podcast. Also, Nigel Farage is with us. He is um, he was with the Brexit party. Uh, he is he was the guy over the EU that just told the EU off. I loved it. He's kind of now telling us off in a way, um, saying that Great Britain and uh, Great Britain will not come and do a joint mission with the U.S. until this president is out of office. He talks about what's happening in France and England and Afghanistan and the failures of this administration. Plus, the latest on Michael Flynn. Was he canceled by 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 J.P. Morgan Chase? Did they just cancel he or his family's credit cards? The answer appears to be yes. All that and more on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So while we were all paying to Afghanistan, which, by the way, just let me thank you for everything that you have done. Uh, I uh, I am it's 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 bothersome to me that I am getting any credit for any of this. All of us have a job to do. And all you have to do is uh, say what's right and then just do what's right. And you did. You gave. I suggested you gave. And then other people are out there doing all the work to save. And it's it's an amazing team effort. It really is. And it's not just the Nazarene Fund. There are several groups that are all working together in tandem and uh, in just one airport, just one weighing station 12,000 people were rescued that were not going anywhere uh it's it's remarkable um we're not going to be talking about um any rescue efforts uh for the time being um things have changed dramatically on the ground become much more dangerous and we don't want to give uh the taliban any tips on where people might be what we're looking for in numbers or anything like that so we're going to be uh silent about rescue tips do not mistake our silence for inaction uh we just cannot talk about it it is far too dangerous now things have changed we'll give you the updates um as we can but as everybody was following this over the weekend there's been some some other things that have happened uh, for instance, Twitter has permanently banned Alec Berenson. Uh, he is he is a guy who is anti-COVID vaccine. Yeah, I don't think he would describe himself that way, but he's been very skeptical about COVID, you know, the mainstream coverage of COVID and the mainstream coverage of the vaccines. Okay, he said, according to him, COVID vaccine, it doesn't stop infection or transmission. Don't think of it as a vaccine. Think of it at best as a therapeutic with a limited window of efficacy. Um, I kind of kind of agree with that. It's it's like the it's like the flu um, vaccine. It might be geared to the current flu 
but it's it's not going to cover you forever. The flu is constantly changing. The same thing. We're going to live with COVID forever. The idea of wiping it out is ridiculous. It's not going to happen. I think you can agree or disagree with Alex on a lot of the points he makes, but to be banned from Twitter because you have a different take than whatever organization is 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 fact checking these claims so it's insane and so you know the taliban is still okay (laughs) on twitter they're i you know a great follow glad i mean that's crazy you should see their tiktok page it's great it's great the dances they all do in unison okay on thursday uh google took aim at the gateway pundit now this is a site uh conservative uh ranked Mm -hmm. top 200 u.s websites um, you may not agree with what they print, mm-hmm. but Google has now permanently demonetized them. So in other words, they've just shut their business down. You can't make any money. So Google demonetizing, I don't know the back end of that as well, but is that basically saying that they they can't hold ads that go through the Google ad yes. servers, basically? Yeah. And that's okay. a lot of money. Yeah, that's, that's a, a lot, a lot of, of money. businesses structure their business yeah. completely around those. Yeah, that was... Uh, one reason why we're a subscription service and an ad service, because one of those is going to come to an end. And if uh, apparently people like, uh, you know, Citibank have their way, both of them would come to an end uh, because there's one other. Uh, there's one other that really, I think, is the most disturbing. All of these are disturbing. But uh, the third week uh, weekend victim of the purge is the former director of the Defense Intelligence in, uh, Intelligence Agency and Trump National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Now Michael Flynn has already been wronged. He already has been cleared of all of the stuff that they said. We've it was completely bogus what they said about Michael Flynn completely bogus but he just got uh a uh, account notice from chase bank over the weekend and here's what it reads after careful consideration we decided to close your credit cards on september 18th 2021 because can listen to this carefully this is the great reset Because continuing the relationship creates possible reputational risks to our company. Wait, because General Flynn might be charging a stay at the Holiday Inn Express, that somehow or another is going to risk their reputation of Chase Bank? Just let me remind you, J.P. Morgan Chase... You know, the one that just wrote almost a billion dollar check. Let me get this right. Almost wrote a billion dollar check to resolve federal wire fraud charges because the company in a separate criminal scheme defrauded the precious metals and U.S. Treasury markets. That company is worried about doing business with Michael Flynn. Come on. Uh, obviously, in reality, there's no reputational risk to them for having Michael Flynn have a personal credit card. 
But this is exactly what the Great Reset right down talks that about. Yeah. It's right down. It says you can't, companies cannot do uh, business with other companies that have a low ESG score. Now, while they're not counting on an ESG score yet, they are already doing it. And so you can't, if you would have a low ESG score or you're unpopular, you're on the wrong side of whatever the administration, and I mean of the entire, this new hybrid of corporate governance and, and corporate uh, uh, sleeping with the administration and governments all over the world. If they deem that you are not good, then they will cancel you and you won't be able to buy and sell things. Well, there's step number one to General Michael Flynn. Incredible. And this is obviously a massive problem all over the place for mainly conservatives in almost oh, every coming. arena of life. It's coming. One thing we, we have we should spend more time on, I think, is how to solve these issues. Mm -hmm. and, and look, there are some interesting things that people propose through the law. There are some interesting things that people propose about you know doing things on their own, starting your own company. All those things are, are part of the conversation. The part of the conversation that I think has received too little attention from the right is that almost every single one of these problems, when it comes to anything digital, almost every single one of them can be solved in the crypto space. There, you can talk about creating your own social network. But again, as we've seen with places like Parler, you start it and then, you know, you have all these these overlords that can shut it down. When it comes to the crypto space, it's basically impossible to do this. If you and all these all of these when it comes to finance, when it comes to social media, when it comes to storage of files, when it comes to uh, business loans and business arrangements, all of these things are either already created in the crypto space or are in the process of being created. And they can't be stopped like this. They, they, there's no way to stop them like what we're, we're seeing in these stories that, that happen every day. You can't take away Michael Flynn's credit card. They don't know who's paying for stuff. It, it's totally a different way of this stuff working. And it works totally outside of the system. And, you know, this is why I'm so, uh, you know, so skeptical of, of, of governments and the way they're going to try to crack down on this stuff long term. Oh, yeah. They're going to try. But again, when it comes to actually being able to complete these transactions, complete these posts, so they can never be deleted. They can never go away. All of that is already available with cryptocurrency and the, the not just the currency part of it, blockchain. Which is, but blockchain. And it's all protected and, and everlasting. And it's, an, it's a part of this equation that is really important for conservatives to get their minds around because there's going to be time, I think, where these other solutions aren't going to do anything. We can talk about changing the law, but we've seen what happens with the law. We have absolute rights that are violated all the time. All the time. You think some, some little you know, communication section adjustment, it may help at some point. I'm not saying it's totally wrong to look at those things. But like long term, real, you know, life and death type of issues, 
a, a Section 230 tweak is not going to bring us to the promised land. So, nor is even bringing up your own, building your own company. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome, Mr. Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, the podcast you can get anywhere, including Blaze TV live uh, before this broadcast. Pick it up at your local Ace Hardware store. If you want. Anywhere, yeah, anywhere. Pretty much anywhere. Anywhere. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Pat. Um, back from the uh, Middle East, I came in uh, on uh, Saturday. Uh, wow, there's nothing like flying to the other side of the planet for a couple of days and then flying back. Oh, it's good. <laughs> it's good on the body. It's good on the body. Mm-hmm. Really good on the body. Um, but uh, uh, we, I, I'm not going to be saying uh, much uh, for the next few days um, because the airport is officially closed now. Uh, only the military side is getting anybody out. Uh, the the commercial side is completely gone. Uh, there are about twelve thousand uh, refugees that uh, uh, groups like uh, Mighty Oaks Foundation, uh, the Nazarene Fund, and others have been working to get out. Together, we have taken uh, twelve thousand people out just at just arriving in. Two airports. Um, that's quite a good number uh, for something that is absolutely impossible to do. Do not take our blackout as anything other than um, we're keeping our mouths shut because we know that the Taliban is uh, monitoring uh, groups like ours for additional information. Uh, they are actively searching for people they are now you know the good thing is they're in bed with the russians and the chinese so that always is going to be good Mm. uh they are now monitoring phones and tracking phones if you know someone in the middle east in this situation please tell them to turn their phones off turn your phone off um if you need to use uh passwords with each other uh so you know who you're talking to uh and uh pick maybe an hour a day that you're going to use your phone but turn it off turn it off uh okay other than that things were great things are great hopefully we'll have a really exciting announcement uh coming uh this week perhaps this week um we'll tell you Pretty much we'll tell you when we're there. Um, But uh, please keep people in your prayers. There are thousands that are in hiding and want to get out. Many Americans. Yeah, the figure I keep hearing on Fox and elsewhere is 250. I can't believe there's only 250 Americans left. There's not. Uh, Because the original estimate was between 10 and 40,000. Mm-hmm. And so far, uh, the number I just heard is 120,000 people we've evacuated, and 5,400 of them were American. Mm-hmm. 5,400. Mm-hmm. Well, then there there are thousands of people left behind, and there are really bad guys that are getting onto the planes. 
really bad guys. I'm sure. Yeah, really bad guys. Um, sure. And uh, I hope that our government is, I mean, th- those are the people that are coming. Our 12,000 are not coming uh, to the United States. Mm. I, can, I can vouch for, I can vouch for 5,100 for sure, because that's the ones we've been partnering with uh, Mighty Oaks Foundation. And they've been getting people in and they've been using our planes to get them out and we've been sharing uh, things. Uh, and 5,100 people, I can vouch, are not coming to America. I don't think any of the private um, rescues are going to America unless they're American citizens. But I could be wrong. But they are just mm. loading up the planes, just loading up the planes on the military side. Uh, and I don't know how they're vetting them. I don't know. And they're coming to Texas. A lot of them are coming here to Texas. And uh, mm. I hope we're very, very careful. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's a, it's a little nerve wracking. Coming from a place like Afghanistan with the Taliban so? and Al-Qaeda. Do you know what they did? Yeah. You know, we, we had to have paperwork. You had to have paperwork. <clears throat> so the, the, uh, what the State Department was doing on the military side was they were just handing out blank visas. So you could just, they were just handing out blank, just fill your name in. Just fill your name in. You get you through the gate. Just fill your name in. Really? I'm sure that's not going to be a problem at all. No. What could, what could go wrong there, do you think? I can't think, I I can't think to, of a I single thing. I can't think of anything either. <laughs> okay, so last week um, you had a, uh, I think it was a lieutenant colonel of a uh, of the Marines come out and speak out, demand accountability. Here's what he said. Listen to this. All of these people are supposed to advise, and I'm not saying we've got to be in the in Afghanistan forever, but I am saying. Did any of you throw your rank on the table and say, hey, it's a bad idea to evacuate Bagram Airfield, the strategic air barriers, before we evacuate everyone? Did anyone do that? And when you didn't think to do that, did anyone raise their hand and say, we completely messed this up? I've got battalion commander friends right now that are posting similar things, and they're saying, you know, wondering if it, all the lives were lost and if it was in vain, all those, all those people that we've lost over the last you know, 20 years. And he goes on to say that we're all part of a chain. While every link may not be tested, the strength of the chain is only as strong as each link, and you got to be, you know, good link, something like that. And what I'll say is, and from my position, potentially all those people did die in vain if we don't have senior leaders that own up and, and raise their hand and say, we did not do this well in the end. Without that, we just keep repeating the same mistakes, this amalgamation of the economic slash corporate slash political slash higher military ranks are not holding up their end of the bargain. I want to say this very strongly. I have been fighting for 17 years. I am willing to throw it all away to say to my senior leaders, I demand accountability. Nothing wrong with that, except he's wearing uniform while he did it. He recognized that was wrong and he has resigned and he was given uh, a choice by the military. You can either uh, 
face disciplinary action. It would be about a three-year investigation on him. Face disciplinary action. Shut your mouth during it uh, or resign, and you are cut off from all benefits. Now, he's been doing this for for 20 years. Uh, He's earned all of his benefits. He, uh, over the weekend... Put his uh, uh, put his rank on the table and said, I resign and I want nothing except answers. Now, his latest video is a little weird if you watch the full thing. um, And I'm not sure if it's because he feels challenged now and he's trying to puff, you know, puff himself, not himself, but puff up just a bit to say, you're not going to take me out because he is now in a struggle for his life because he is now saying he is going to uh, uh, say things and report things that will take down the corrupt military industrial complex. And uh, you should watch it because I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure yet how I feel on him on this video. I felt great. Good for you. That's what we're looking for mm-hmm. is somebody who's willing to put their their brass down on the table and say, I don't really care what you do. I just won't do this anymore. And I want some answers. And I'll tell the American people that we that you deserve answers. Here's a clip of of what he said in his latest video. When I was a young captain, I worked for a man named Lieutenant Colonel Hobbs. And we went through some things together. And he, many people don't know, was actually relieved as an 06 for standing up for moral things that he thought was right. And he did it within the system, as a lot of people have implored me to do. And he was just shuffled out the door without really affecting any change. And then after he exited the Marine Corps, he's made a lot of controversy by talking about racial diversity and um, equal opportunity problems in the Marine Corps. From that respect, I have uh, adamantly disagreed with him. But just because we have different opinions doesn't mean I don't respect him. Sir, I I love you like a father. And you made a comment on one of the posts in LinkedIn without giving anyone context of who you were or what our relationship was. And you said, if Stuart Scheller was honorable, he would resign his commission. Of all the noise going out there, that one comment has just played through my head. If Stuart Scheller was honorable, he would resign his commission. You didn't say is as if challenging me. You said was as if you assumed I wouldn't do it. I want to make the announcement today. After 17 years, I'm currently not pending legal action. And I could stay in the Marine Corps for another three years. But I don't think that's the path I'm on. I'm resigning my commission as a United States Marine, effective now. I'm sure there's some MAR admin on how I'm supposed to do that, and I'll work through that. But I am forfeiting my retirement on entitlements. I don't want a single dollar. I don't want any money from the VA. I don't want any VA benefits. I'm sure I'm entitled to 100%. I, you know, breathed on the smell and smoke of burning for years. I don't want 
any of it. You know, I asked, all I asked for was accountability of my senior leaders when there are clear, obvious mistakes that were made. I'm not saying we can take back what has been done. All I asked for was accountability for people to comment on what I said and to say, yes, mistakes were made. And had they done that, I would have gone back into rank and file, submitted and accomplished what I wanted. The morning after I posted my video and I came into work, my boss came in and he asked me, what were you trying to accomplish? And that was a very tough question for me. And my response was, I want senior leaders to accept accountability. I think them accepting accountability would do more for service members and PTSD and struggling with purpose than any other transparent piece of paper or message. What he said there, I 100% agree with. Mm -hmm. 100% agree with. Yeah. Um, Especially since Biden told us there were no mistakes made. He didn't make any mistakes. Uh, we all know Biden's mistakes. I'd like to know what the military says. Yeah, I'd like I to too. know that the military understands that they made massive mistakes. And they can say, look, we advised against it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. I just want to know that our military understands exactly what has just transpired. And there are going to be hearings about this. Believe me, there are going to be hearings. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Nigel Farage. We sat at dinner in the Capitol. It must have been almost, gosh, two years ago now. And um, I don't think we could have seen this coming. Our split in our uh, alliance, or at least it feels like that. Nigel Farage, welcome to the program. Glenn, thank you very much indeed. And uh, no, listening to your introduction, I mean, look, you know, I've spent 40 years working for American companies in business, um, being allied uh, politically with Donald Trump and many friends in the Republican Party. I mean, there's nobody this side of the pond who's mo- more pro-American, more pro the spectral relationship than I am. And it hurts me to say this, but for Biden to unconditionally withdraw from a military mission after 20 years without any planning or any foresight as to how we get our nationals out in the case of a Taliban advance, and to do it without even consulting the British Prime Minister and refusing to answer his phone call for almost 48 hours, sends a message to us. And, And the message is... We cannot trust America, despite being our closest partner for over 100 years. We cannot trust America with this man in charge. And it's a, it's a sad realization, but it's true. And I think it goes even further than the relationship between the UK and the USA. I, I think NATO, frankly, I mean, ceases to function. So the damage that Biden has done to America's international reputation couldn't be greater yeah they 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 were all yelling at uh donald trump saying that he was going to destroy nato and i think this has destroyed nato i mean what does what does our alliance even mean i mean i cannot believe that the white house refused the call of the british prime minister for over 40 hours that that's incomprehensible to me 
Yes, it is incomprehensible, but it's also, isn't it, the way that international mainstream media wanted to portray the Trump movement, just indeed as they did with the Brexit movement. You know, Trump is going to destroy NATO. No, 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 no. What Trump did, he turned up at the NATO HQ in Brussels and said, and Barbara had said similar before, but without any particular strength, that we cannot go on with a NATO where major countries like Germany are only paying half the membership fee. The NATO rules are actually very fair. Regardless of the size of a country, you must spend 2% of GDP on defense, and the Germans were spending one. So actually, in many ways, what Trump was doing was trying to make NATO fair, but it was willfully, willfully uh, misportrayed. Uh, what Biden has done is to say, look, you know, we're the big guys in NATO, but hey, we just do stuff without consulting, despite the fact you too have had many hundreds of people killed in Afghanistan and put big money into Afghanistan, but without even the complement of a conversation, we've decided that effectively the NATO mission is over. So, so yeah, special relationship with Britain, uh, completely in tatters. Uh, NATO, I'm not even sure it can possibly survive what it's just gone through. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, you know, when you look at those photographs today, of Taliban soldiers now dressed in American military equipment with $85 billion worth of U.S. military hardware now in the hands of these people with the giant lithium reserves that exist within Afghanistan now completely open to exploitation with communist China and warnings coming in the U.K. today uh, that our terrorism threat is now going up directly as a result of what has happened in Afghanistan. And one of the most overused words in the English language is disaster. But believe me, Glenn, this is, on every level, a disaster. I heard things coming from the Parliament and the House of Lords that I never have heard before. Uh, things like, we don't trust America. We don't know if we uh, can uh, get into a military operation again with america how significant is what's said on the floor of parliament in the house of lords oh it's significant or i mean look ever since 1917 ever since america entered the first world war you know we have been beside each other throughout virtually every single major conflict i mean side by side and yes of course america is bigger than us, but it's been a very, very important relationship. And not just in terms of military, in terms of information sharing as well. I mean, that's where, in many ways, that's where our two countries are the closest in sharing intelligence. I'm not even sure right now uh, that the British government or, or security forces would, would even share every piece of intelligence with an administration that has treated us with such complete and utter contempt. Yes, of course, it is right that any government puts the interests of its own citizens first, but you do that as well as consulting mm -hmm. with your friends and allies. And when you work with the Brits, I mean, you know, I know 1812 did happen, but it's a long time ago. <laughs> and I think we've been, <laughs> I think we've been forgiven. <laughs> I think we're okay. I think we're okay. <laughs> but, but, but literally since April, 1917, you know, we are the two countries and we've shared much blood and spent much treasure all over the world, defeating Nazism and other terrible regimes. And for us to have gone through those things together, to now be treated like this, that is why you're hearing members of the House of Lords, members of the Parliament, 
senior commentators and people like me who are instinctively pro-American saying we have a real problem now. Um, and you know something? America, Biden, whether we like it or not, is the leader of the free world. Yeah. Um, and it's him that we look to for really, really big things. Uh, and, and frankly, if America falls, then Western civilization falls. That is how great these stakes are. Uh, I have to say for my own part, I think he'll be gone by November, December 2022. I think it's very unlikely that he'll stay beyond that and the Democrats will make him the full guy for some very bad midterm results. But I'm not too sure that uh, Kamala Harris following him is going to be any better. So, you know, to think there's three and a half years, three and a half years of this administration to run, I'm just beginning to ask myself, how much more damage can they do? If we had another September 11th, how hesitant, what would the world's reaction be to us right now, all of our allies? Well, I think, to be honest with you, even without um, a September the 11th, any increase in jihadi terrorism across Europe or in the United Kingdom or anywhere else for that matter, I think the finger will be firmly pointing to Washington, D.C. Because, you know, one thing that is true is that for the last handful of years, we've been remarkably free of these horrible jihadi attacks. Mm -hmm. uh, Br British intelligence is now warning uh, that we do now face we do now face a significantly increased terror threat. And that's because jihadi groups all over the world have taken great Powered. comfort from the way the Taliban have moved forward. Mm -hmm. And of course they know, and they know that Afghanistan once again will be a place where international terror can be plotted and can be planned. Let me ask you something off the subject. Um, America is not seeing the uh, revolt of the citizens of France and of England to these draconian COVID uh, restrictions. I mean, people in France are having picnics in the street in front of restaurants that are demanding you have, you know, a COVID passport. Uh, and uh, we're not seeing any of that. Tell me what's going on over in Europe with the COVID uh mess yeah well france is a france is a, is, a, is a very unique country in many ways and there are things about france we love and things about france that we don't necessarily like so much uh, the english have a familiar saying about the french we say the french are revolting by which we mean, <laughs> by which by which we mean, the French love to take to the streets. They love to revolt. They love to protest. Their fishermen do it. Their farmers do it. Direct action is a way of life in France. And you're right. The level of protest against vaccine passports, which President Macron is trying to impose in a very draconian manner, the level of protest against it in France is very significant indeed uh, and i think macron is facing a real problem across much of the rest of europe including the uk uh, whilst there is dissent um it's on nothing like the scale that it's taking place on in, in france yep and, and i you know let's see how this one plays out but i it wouldn't surprise me um if the french if the french protests don't succeed against vaccine passports and i mean come on you know the idea that we have to show medical ID and goodness knows what else just to go and buy, you know, a cup of tea and a sandwich is frankly ridiculous. It's against everything we've ever stood for. 
It's just plain wrong. Nigel Farage, one last question. How are the American people perceived? Are we perceived separate from the government or uh, because a lot of people were against Donald Trump? The media made him into an absolute tyrant monster. Uh, Many of the people who are now complaining about Joe Biden hated Donald Trump. I I tried to think of a country that would be friendly to conservatives here in America and constitutionalists, and I can't think of any. What, how are we perceived? Yeah, it's been very difficult. And I mean, look, let's face it. Biden is the creation of mainstream media and the social media giants. I mean, they're the ones that allowed this man, promoted this man, um, made sure that there'd be no proper investigation into Hunter Biden, the laptop corruption, uh, no question of tens of millions of mail-out ballots being sent all over America. So, you know, congratulations for the New York Times and CNN. You got your man, and look what good it's done. Um, Look, I think the truth of it is that British people, certainly, and I think most Europeans, we're not going to lay the blame of this at the door of ordinary Americans. We can see that it's bumbling, incoherent Biden, a man who is not fit to be president. So I don't think... I don't think all Americans are damned by the actions of that man. Uh, But I do think there are large sections of the media in our country, in your country, that owe us the most almighty apology. Yeah, I I agree. Well, let it start here. We apologize. Uh, There are millions of Americans who think this was incredibly um, uh, mishandled at best. Uh, And the way that we have treated our allies is despicable. And we know that, Nigel. Thank you so much. Thank you. Keep us alive over there. Thank you. You bet. Nigel Farage. uh, You can uh, follow him at Nigel underscore Farage uh, on uh, Twitter and thebrexitparty.org. 